Morning BHA. It is a podcast about barbershop recorded today. Richard Reeve in Queensland and there's Ash down in Perth. Two Australians talking about the greatest hobby on earth. Oh boy, it's swell to say. Good morning BHA. Good morning BHA. Hello Richard Reeve. Good morning, BHA. It, it, Ash, Hi, BHA. <laughs> and he's jumped in before the, Who was before that the introduction. Um, Ash Schofield, it seems like a while, but maybe that's because you've been to International since you and I spoke last on a podcast, and uh, there's all this story to tell. So um, welcome back mm. to Australia, and uh, welcome everyone to the latest edition of Good Morning BHA, where we discuss all things barbershop in Australia with a substantial dollop, particularly today, of international news. And it is my great pleasure to welcome to the podcast um, uh, a quartet and chorus extraordinaire and uh, someone uh, who was in the pit, the judging pit for this international, Mr. Tony Colosimo. Welcome, Tony. Hi, Richard Nash. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Yes, well, as listeners can tell, we can see each other, which is to, to our benefit. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a, um, uh, a, uh, a photo of that to prove it uh, to, to, with this podcast. So, um, Tony, just right off the bat, um, some of our listeners will remember you. You came over to judge, my recollection is, Newcastle 2015. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, cool. So anyone who was at convention then will have seen you in the pit, and anyone who competed may have got an eval from you um but just um update those people and for those who haven't uh, haven't met you just uh, take a minute or so to tell people of your background uh, and, uh, and and judging etc sure so i'm a singing judge in the bhs and i am a 28 year member of the society and i wow am, you joined when you uh, were five <laughs> <laughs> i was i was nine um pretty but, close uh, i yeah it's pretty close so uh, I am a degreed uh, vocalist and uh, voice teacher and uh, choral music educator. I worked in public schools here in the States for a decade and am now a uh, full-time voice teacher and coach of acapella ensembles. I sing in a contemporary acapella group, uh, a couple of barbershop quartets, one all male and one mixed. Um, First Take and Better Together are the two of those respectively. And uh, one of those is with my lovely wife, Elizabeth. And uh, I've sung with a friend from college, Andrew Havens, in a couple of quartets, most notably and most recently called Da Capo. Uh, And I am the associate director of the Alexandria Harmonizers Uh under master director Joe Cerruti. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting next to him a majority of the time in the pit. It was pretty fun. Oh, nice. Uh, Just as a little shout out, it is my pleasure to highly recommend um the capo cd how many have you got mate i've got one of them are there more than one or just one we have one cd we're super proud of it but it it was only the logistics of the way the quartet went one was all that happened we had a we had music for another one we were ready to do it Oh, well, at least at least you got one it's uh assume it's still available i I highly recommend that it's an excellent cd yeah that's very kind of you just go ahead and reach out to me if you if you're interested Mm -hmm. Excellent. We'll put a link uh, with with this link. Um, And so uh, many people will know, but just briefly outline for the listeners, what is the singing category that you judge? Yeah, so the singing category is uh, one of the three categories we have in BHS, just like Australia, uh, performance, music and singing. In singing, we're looking for uh, intonation, vocal quality, unity, expansion, which is really a made-up barbershop word that means that we're listening for... I knew it. uh, Format matches uh, that we call kind of lock and ring, colloquially. And then uh, the last category is vocal expression, which is vocal elements that we use to make artistry. um, Believable, natural emotions coming through in the way that we hear voice quality. So So that's what we're evaluating and yeah, trying to see how consistently we do those things well and how the ensembles do, how the individual singers do. And a combination of all that creates a number out of 100. Mm, so it's definitely more than just singing in tune with good vocal quality. You're really looking for the, the artistry and something more than the you know computer-accurate sound. You really want <laughs> musicality in, in that sound, don't you? For sure. Yeah. 100% sure. of the time. Every, every quartet that gives us that, no matter what the level is, uh, we we reward that when it comes at us. Yeah, 
Nice. Um, and mate, so right off the bat, um, uh, you know, an, an exciting contest uh, with, with um, you know, some of the, well, a, a record high score in the chorus contest. It's hard to know where to start, but I guess we'll start uh, in the chorus contest. And um, yeah. it, it just must be a, 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 a wonderful problem to have to see all these, uh, you know, wonderful singing choruses come across. Um, I guess, yeah, t- tell the audience about um, <laughs> many many. Uh, of the listeners won't have been to international so tell us about salt lake city and the venue ash i guess you can do that as well mm-hmm. and and what it's like sitting in the pit at international yeah i'm curious ash's thoughts first because uh being so close especially in the chorus contest uh it would have been a different experience for us yeah um so and i was pretty much in the back row which was uh still awesome and especially in that that L- the lds um conference center um oh man it was yeah the, the sound was just some of the best chorus sounds I've heard in a, in a venue. Um, and, and yeah, and there was no bad seats, um, unless you were behind the big camera in the middle. <laughs> There's some people <laughs> had, some, had some whinges about that, but you know, it's, it's a permanent fixture and it, and it added to the, the live stream. That's for sure. I reckon, but, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. great venue to sit in and just comfortable and, the sound was just awesome. And yeah, it was pretty This is where the Morbin Tamanaku Choir sings regularly. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, the it's not where the um, it's not where the thing is filmed every week um, where the Tabernacle sings that's televised. That's actually in the Tabernacle where the quarterfinals were. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are lots of any conference, any major uh, LDS event is going to have the choir singing in that space. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so it was a pretty cool experience for me too. Um, I, I, I'll echo Ash's point that because it's a very large venue, that's not an arena, the microphones were able to be held a bit further from the choruses than they normally are, which was a huge advantage um, for getting kind of a unit sound yeah. from the microphones rather than uh, as many individual voices as we sometimes get in um our live streams and our recordings and, and even in the amplified sound in the hall. So, uh, as a, in, as a judge, we hear a, a tiny little bit of that, but the sound was actually mostly acoustic for us in that space, which is pretty incredible considering the size. So, uh, it was pretty neat. Um, there were amazing performances. Uh, the marksmen, uh, were pretty notable in that they did, uh, and everyone in harmony, American sign language, um, connection to, their song you don't know me mm-hmm. um northwest sound uh sang a song about their chorus from moana so it was a parody but not a humorous one about <laughs> okay. how they connected to each other in the chorus in a way that they thought was really spectacular uh i connected with that pretty clearly um ama- some really amazing small choruses singing really really well mm. um throughout the contest uh a lot of young singers uh it was really really a neat thing to see throughout the contest to have that many young small choruses that are definitely on the upswing um, coming through so just from a perspective of somebody not being there wondering kind of how the contest went there were a lot of really fantastic small uh, young good singing choruses which was awesome and mate um, so starting from the top um, Westminster just you know blew everyone away. I think for for um, for everyone they're you know a bit of a favourite because they just sing so well. Um, yep. uh, and and what one thing that blew me away was just the enunciation. How you can get such clean unit enunciation word sounds from a hundred guys is just is just next level. I assume yeah. you were marvelling at the same even... thing. Yeah, maybe maybe even the cart before the horse because I was just totally blown away by the fact that they had a hundred guys. Um, they're <laughs> yeah. part of their brand, right? Is that kind of smaller, kind of cohesive group, and uh, it turned into something that was even bigger and still that same kind of brand cohesion that they are were used to bringing to the stage. It was pretty awesome. Mm. So did you get a different uh, different vibe from the group? But to me, it was still this, over the webcast. It was still pretty much the same brand of Westminster it was just bigger as you say over the previous years they've been you know 50 60 70 large which is for international is more of a medium chorus um but they really it, it just filled it was just 
more of Westminster at the <laughs> yeah, risk of stating the it, obvious. I 100% agree. I, I would say that they really kept to their identity, kept singing the same kind of way that they were singing before, and it just translated really well to having 100 guys. It just had a little more punch. Yeah. Um, the softs were a little more dynamic. The louds were a little more intense. It was a, a pretty amazing feat to get that kind of clarity with more guys. Yeah. Um, they did it by getting a lot of really good singers. There were just a phenomenally large number of really good singers on stage in Westminster. And Justin and uh, their director, Justin, and uh, the chorus were just right on the same page with each other the entire time. It was pretty cool to watch being so close up to see Justin make the slightest little motion with his body or face and have the whole piece of music and the whole like <laughs> orchestra of voices respond. It was yep. pretty spectacular. He's one of the most intense directors I've ever seen and, and it, I find it quite compelling and, and it's, it must be infectious um, from the risers as well. It's just this He's just this force of nature out the front, and and I, I find it quite you know spine tingling. Just it just generates that chemistry on stage. It's it's really quite rare. Yeah, it, there's there's no evaluating going on. I mean, I'm I'm not in his head, but from an outward perspective, it doesn't look like there's any evaluating going on. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a personal connection, but it feels more like a performance connection than a than an evaluative one, uh, and that makes a huge difference in terms of trust level between the members of the chorus and the director and it translates you know that intensity or excitement or earnestness like in the ballad uh there was a lot of connection and this feeling of almost one-to-one -one communication mm -hmm. with a person and that felt like it was a lot going through Justin from the chorus, which was pretty cool. Mm. And um, so time, unfortunately, is limited. Uh, uh, yep. So we, we, it was just an exceptional performance. And, and uh, we, uh, we've all noticed how the, the YouTube uh, um, uh, posting of, of the uptune <laughs> has gone crazy. I, I think yeah. 150,000 views or something. I have, although I haven't checked it for a week, so it might be <laughs> way above that now. Um, looking up at the performance, I have to say, looking up at the performance and seeing this guy just fly up <laughs> out of the front row <laughs> was just the coolest thing. I don't yeah. generally focus on looking up. I do yeah. from time to time, but but I was looking up at the moment and it just totally blew me away. So I can't imagine what it was like for you guys. It was pretty well, awesome. Well, it was very cool. But Ash, in the audience, though, there was that really quite rare just sort of explosion of, of glee from the audience at that point, wasn't yeah. there? And if you, yep. once they do that, they get into that build where the the song really starts building like the crowd was get starting to get into it and like you could like it, oh, it was yeah i remember just when it finished <laughs> i was i said to someone i was like, i felt felt things i have i don't know what they were <laughs> it was yeah <laughs> it just sort of came from the feet up and that it was like what happened yeah yeah uh, phenomenal experiences that's you know that's why we do it um so they uh, uh many listeners will know they scored a record high 97.9 which is just eye-watering it's hard to <laughs> comprehend but uh but you know if you watched it you you sort of recognize how how close to perfect it was it was just it was just so sublime and a masterclass. um so mate uh, so um tony yeah talk us through briefly the ambassadors uh, set they did a um a throwback to uh, black and well, actually, the silent era of movie, the early years of Hollywood, and they all dressed up in in and had the sort of grey makeup and and black and white and grey clothing to make it look black and white. So tell us about the feeling of that. Yeah, so part of being a judged international is this very weird, kind of uncomfortable social force field that's around you for the thirty or forty days prior to international. <laughs> There's a lot of people that you talk with normally that kind of are like, Hey, can I talk with you at all? <laughs> um and uh and the ambassadors uh were particularly like, um, we're gonna do something really cool and amazing, but we're just not gonna talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. That's right. And great. uh and that's I think that the effect of that actually was pretty necessary. Um if if a lot of people had known what was coming, the intensity of the Absolutely. feeling in the audience would have changed. It was even when they came out, you know, there was no curtain, um, and so it was kind of odd. It felt a little bit like interesting face paint, okay? <laughs> but it was all one. The light was all one hue, yeah. and so because of that, uh, we couldn't really tell yep. 
the effect it was going to have. So when the white light came on and then there was red, blue, white, yellow, the whole thing, um, and then there was just no color reflecting off of them, it was really impressive yeah. Yeah. Uh, and pretty powerful effect. Um, from a singing standpoint, you know, I was blown away by their ballad. Uh, their uptune was maybe one of the more precise things I've heard. They had this part right after the intro where they... Da, 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 oh, yeah. Da, 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 and it was so incredibly precise. Um, makes my singing judge ears excited and happy. <laughs> uh, and then True Colors just changed. I mean, really, they stayed true singing with incredible vocal color. Um constantly shifting vocal color and really appropriate to the song that fit right with and went right with timing wise the little vignette that was going on in the front and it was just emotionally powerful i was Mm -hmm. a total wreck in the pit i was just crying my eyes out (laughs) and i had to kind of i had to kind of shake myself out of it and go okay Mm. i have to I have to like write a number on this. <laughs> it, it's actually really cool as a judge when you are just you, you you can't help it as a human being. You are just impacted by just yeah beyond what you could have anticipated by a performance. It's it's really spectacular. Uh, you, it's interesting, Tony. You mentioned um, you, uh, on the score sheet, uh, Ambassadors True Colors. The singing score was virtually ninety eight. So that just that's there was somewhat comfortably the highest score of all the the six song category score so they just it was yeah. just it was a beautiful song and you know that i don't know the um that the, no one knows what the music category is but uh there was something about <laughs> <laughs> there was some, there was there was something about the arrangement i mean we, it's just a beautiful song and just a, also yeah, a beautiful sure. arrangement there was something there was mm. something really compelling and a great example of how a ballad can be simpler but highly compelling it was it didn't try to force itself it just sort of floated along it was so beautiful it was incredible and you know again not being a music judge i can't speak to this to the academic level that some could but i I will say that we we often underappreciate just how intrepid and incredible david wright is for Mm, our society mm. i mean he you know we make fun a little bit of the fact that he makes people upset by going outside of the box a bit but when he makes art like that it's just really pretty incredible absolutely and um i don't remember it sounding like it was a highly difficult arrangement um although you know sometimes high level groups can make something difficult sound easy uh, it would be exciting if a bunch of other groups picked that up and because it's such a beautiful song hopefully a lot of other groups sing it yeah i think the difficult thing was like i said the connection where they were actually really synced up from an emotional perspective Mm. with the vignette. Mm. Um, That was the thing that I think they did so masterfully. Uh, There's it's, it's a bit of a rangy arrangement, but the ambassadors do that so effortlessly. It's hard to even tell. Yeah. Um, But because they're high range, especially with uh, not being a younger chorus like Westminster. um, It's, it's incredible how crystal pure the, the higher voices are in that ensemble. And year after year, it's not just yeah. this one performance. You can yeah. kind of expect that from the group, which is just an amazing place to be. So we're very lucky to have them in our society. Absolutely. And for some years now, we've been watching Zero Eight um, come up through the society, oh and they've always been a one to watch. But this year was, was I gather, a, a pretty special mm-hmm. one. And, and I mean, averaging 95.6 and you know only coming third, it's exciting <laughs> for the society that we've got so many great choruses. But they must have blown everyone away. So that was a particularly difficult one for me. Uh, what was a big surprise to a lot of people, it just in terms of the high level of art, I, I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to go over to Sweden uh, this past spring. So I actually judged 08 at that uh, contest too. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, oh man, those songs are just incredible. And I think what's cool is that with a group that has kind of more of a choral background member to member than a majority of our barbershop choruses. Um, Each guy has more experience singing in other kinds of classical choirs uh, that they found music that really played to those strengths and then brought those out like crazy and added the typical barbershop emotional impact that you'd have. And oh, by the way, the uh, Numakita Pa that they did first, the ballad was uh, a David Wright chart also. And then, uh, you know, their second song was Aaron Dale, 
he's pretty awesome too. Uh, <laughs> so it's, I mean, Not surprisingly, Aaron Dale and, and David Ryder feature quite heavily, especially in the upper echelons of, of, of the uh, the scoring chart. Yes. I just want I'll you say to expand. Go ahead. Yeah, their vulnerability, like it, they, they opened up, the first song had these very intense emotional shifts mm. and vocally they just completely opened up yeah, in nice. a way that maybe no other chorus did yeah. um except maybe westminster at the very end of the uptune but yep. just it, it was almost raw but yeah. still in tune enough to feel like a unit and just it was pretty impressive and powerful and there were only 40 of them so yeah. wow. that was another real incredible element of their performance extraordinary i just wanted to pick up on uh, something you said about um the the performance being um, uh, um, choice of songs or choice of arrangements playing to the strengths of the ensemble uh, I'm sure what sort of advice would you have for groups in in just tease that out a bit for us yeah sure so zero eight in particular like I said you know they're they're just not going to be the kind of chorus that's going to go and they've said this themselves um, this is they're just not going to be the kind of chorus that's going to go out and do a big show choir uptune with Broadway style choreography or you know the the barrel toss that you saw in <laughs> Westminster's set is exactly what Zero Eight thinks they're not gonna do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's great that we've got two choruses at that level that are that different. Yeah. And both young and both singing just absolutely incredible music, incredibly well. Um, so just from an identity perspective, knowing your members is a big thing, and kind of knowing where they come from. Is there a consistent demographic? Is there a change? You know. How universal does your music have to be? Uh, they've kind of started to figure that out in in Sweden, which is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice but having one. a small chorus helps with that. Having a small chorus helps with that because there are fewer of the you to you find get. that common theme. Yep, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, which ex explains why Ambassadors has never really gone anywhere. So going <laughs> on to fourth. Um, <laughs> Um, You're Central on it, Richard. Again, uh, <laughs> again, Central Standard at like zero eight. It's been around for not heaps of years, but a number of years now, and really locked itself in there towards the top. Um, they scored ninety three, which is outstanding, and came fourth. Um, just really well. Rob Mance is their director. Just really well known for um, yeah, a smallish ensemble, but but just yeah, clean singing and quite compelling. Yeah, uh, they they were a, a delight to watch um, kind of difficult contests to be a part of for a group like Central Standard because um, they're, they're a little bit, they were such a young chorus and they came up so fast trying to find out the next place to go actually is starting to be uh, a thing where you have to almost reinvent mm -hmm. and kind of resettle into the new standard and then build on that. So, um, and they did a pretty amazing job of doing two really great songs. And the cool thing is they brought in two, I'd say new, their names we know, uh, with Patrick McAlexander and Theo Hicks arranging their music, yep. uh, they're bringing in two guys who definitely project to be the, the kinds of guys who are going to build our future from an arranging standpoint. Nice. Um, and, they, and they really delivered on, on their charts. Um, and just beautiful, amazing singing. Rob is obviously an incredible uh, clinician and, and leads those guys really well. Um, with Steve Scott moving to Nashville and um, now Andrew moving over to Germany, I think they're going to be moving forward as kind of a central standard 2.0, if you will. Um, okay. And I think that I think they're in a really good position to do that after a performance like that. Yeah, nice. Uh, there's so many uh, uh, newish uh, choruses uh, coming through, um, uh, yep. really strengthening the all through the, the competition. Um, and, and rounding out the top five, Toronto Northern Lights, of course, champs back in 2013 with the iconic vegetable set. Um, a, a, yeah. Another outstanding score of 92.6. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't long ago, only <clears throat> 10 or 20 years ago, that uh, you'd win the competition with a 92.6. So things sort of, I mean, yeah. got, scoring has evolved slightly to allow some, you know, the scores to sort of recognise some of those um, higher level performances, but it's still an outstanding score. And uh, they had um, Steve Armstrong um, uh, arrange both of their songs and um, they just, yeah, they just locked themselves in as, as one of the higher level groups. Yeah, and they brought a sound, again, you talk about identity, the, the kind of singing that they brought was really kind of true to the way Toronto sings. Um, it was really unified and then had just complete and total emotional commitment from every single member. Um, and I, I imagine, I don't know this for sure, but I imagine that it's the kind of process for a song like that, you can't 
peak too soon because it's so emotionally involved, especially the the Whitney Houston one, um, that that it's a lot to ask to to go through that rehearsal process and just get all the way there emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's finding that right balance where the chorus feels together, but also not overtaxed emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty it was a pretty amazing thing to be able to bring on stage, um, and to the to do it at the level they did was indicative of why they're a gold medal chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really, really class acts, and they brought in a really moving performance to the stage. I think that's one of the things about TNL, isn't it? From um, from the um, Buddy, can you spare a dime? Back in the day, iconic performance. Mm-hmm. One of one of one of the um, uh, best uh, non-champ performances you'll ever see. Um, maybe to... maybe should have been champ. Well, right. yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, to um, you heard it first here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, some controversy. Um, uh, I was to, I was like a baby when that happened, so I don't even. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I wasn't an authority then. I wasn't certified then, so I can't complain. Um, to obviously the, um, the the ballad in in uh, the visual medley, which I think was outstanding. I think DNL really has yeah has that prides themselves on, on bringing that emo- that sort of genuine emotion to the singing, which is really exciting. I was I was blown away in 2013 when I was sitting in the arena, looking at a bunch of dudes dressed up like plants, yep. crying. Yeah. At their ballad because it was a hundred percent genuine, and I believed it. I bought it a hundred percent. I was like, "Why am I crying at vegetables singing at me? This doesn't yeah. make sense." One of my favorite barbershop moments is after that wonderful parody uh, opportunity to start their performance like probably most in the audience i was thinking how the heck are you going to transfer um uh, late transfer transfer from from that silliness to sing a ballad and and just as uh, jordan says just that one line was it for a bunch of silly plants um yeah uh, can can do this why can't you um can change their circumstance yeah yeah correct it just it, it just really put it front and center explicitly this is where we're going and they just effortlessly brought the audience with them it was just a mastery yeah. so yeah it was really cool. i have goosebumps again and honestly th- there was a very similar feeling in the beginning of their ballad uh this year mm-hmm. um it really had the the same kind of qualitative effect on you emotionally that the other did too it was pretty impressive incredible <laughs> Um, so rounding out the 10, uh, Sound of the Rockies, oh, I, I should just briefly uh, mention, we've over the past few years, we've had quite a, a changing of the guard evolution of, of MDs. Uh, of course, Justin, this was his um, final performance with Westminster um, only yep. a few years ago. Um, uh, Johnny Maroney joined Jim Henry as co-director of Ambassadors of Harmony. Mm-hmm. Of course, Rasmus uh, Kriegstrom has taken over um, from Doug Harrington on 08. Um, uh, Rob Rob Mance is Rasmus. still there with Central Standard. Um, Jordan Travis has stepped up more from Steve Armstrong with Toronto Northern Lights. And of yep. course, only a Maybe three-ish years ago, uh, uh, Mark Hale um, took over from Darren Drown at Sound of the Rockies, the yep. sixth uh, chorus. So you know, it's it's um, it's ever evolving, isn't it? It is, yeah. And we're lucky to have those guys still pouring into choruses. Uh, Sound of the Rockies, the first sound they made in "Softly as I Leave You" was completely breathtaking. I was ready to. I said, "Okay, that's a level <laughs> that I can just. If this stays here, this Lock is into. just going to yeah. be. Yeah, it's going to be one of those really kind of." Oh, this contest is going to be really, really, really close kinds of days, right. um, and they and they kept on that singing quality throughout. It was pretty amazing. I sensed that Mark brought with him some of his sort of masters of harmony discipline. This um, uh, some of the Rockies yeah. over the past sort of uh, sort of five years or so have done um, quite a few. Um, uh, fun sort of Disney theme that sort of thing and it just seemed like they've changed their focus and it just it seemed like a bit of a Mark Hale stamp this year yep I 100% agree with you I I support you 100% <laughs> even in the way they walked on you know the, the yeah. front row had a pretty elaborate kind of s- curtain going and then the way it you know everybody was ready all at the same time it was yeah. pretty much uh, it was pretty classic yeah, no, it'd be exciting if uh, Mark took them to, to even bigger and better things. So, uh, yes, time's getting away. Quickly um, running through Music City Chorus, uh, another great performance, 92.1. Yeah, we can't forget to mention oh, them. Man. It was it, you know, a really <laughs> was well hilarious. Yeah, it was a really well sung, yeah, a really well sung, pretty well put together package. It's hard to follow a Star Wars. We know from Cavemen and, and Fish and other yeah. things where you really nail it. To come back and do something else is Follow very, up. very difficult. Yeah, and I think they were, I think they were very, very successful. 
Nice. Um, it was Herald, just a blast to watch. Heralds of Harmony, 8 with an 86.3. Soul Tears, 85.7. And then 10th uh, 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 Chorus, mm-hmm. um, Southern Gateway Chorus with an 85.5. So uh, really, I mean, obviously the highest scoring um, uh, uh, chorus ever with Westminster, but generally speaking, just a really strong year. A very strong year, yeah. Southern Gateway really brought the classic kind of Broadway front row uh, with them, and it was awesome. The Saltaires had a really great core sound, um, and the Heralds of Harmony coming off a year when they had combined with Atlanta Vocal Project, uh, it was awesome to hear that just the group that wasn't in Atlanta is also still really singing at a very high level. It was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. It was a good Uh, contest, yeah. And uh, giving a shout out um, next year, of course, Festival Statesman a Chorus from Adelaide will be over at uh, LA in 2020. So, yeah. Be, I cannot uh, wait exciting. to see those guys. That's going to be so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll uh, all be watching them with, with great glee. Um, uh, moving right along, uh, the, the quartet contest was, uh, was equally exciting. Uh, uh, coming in. Heck yeah. Yes, I mean, Signature last year, uh, there was a lot of expectation they might win. And then, of course, um, they came in second with After Hours uh, blowing them away. But they both had amazing scores. Um, But then, you know, a bunch of very strong uh, quartets. But mainly, like, Throwback and Quorum, they've been in the the, uh, competition for a number of years. They were clearly uh, snapping at the heels. And then, of course, you know, a couple of, um, you know, new kids on the block. It's always, you know, really it only takes... A couple of years for for you know new uh, new quartets to come right through. So two new quartets in the top five, uh, very exciting. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, talk us through uh, you know what what you remember from the quartet competition. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, I think the first thing is what you mentioned about signature. You know, with signature and throwback both having changes in membership, and quorum only changing membership a bit before international last year. Yes. Uh, the top three of those, they they really are kind of all in transition still and are singing just unbelievable music. Yeah. Quorum probably, um, in my view and, and in the scoring, I think had the most effective set of the week, um, on their final set. Uh, it was a pretty stunning display of how to sing barbershop in an ensemble and still, show off the virtuosity yeah. of each individual singer yeah, at the that, same time it was that was the general uh, vibe a pretty masterful performance yeah it was incredible um and then you know i mean daniel and the guys in signature just bring their brand even harder every single year and in a way that's so enjoyable and uh easy to take in from the audience's perspective because it's daniel so virtuosic dan has such an amazing range um Will did a great job moving from tenor to baritone, yeah. and I think that his vo- vocal fit there was really great. Um, his stylistic fit with kind of between Dan and Daniel really made it a more cohesive unit. Um, and then Paul just fit right in emotionally. Yeah. He fit right in vocally. It, it's really astonishing how quickly they were able to put that together. Mm, absolutely. Um, and sound the way that they do. I mean, they haven't yeah. been singing together in that configuration for a year yet. And that's just mind-bogglingly good, mm, mm, considering. Mm. And you could say the same thing about Throwback. Um, you know, they they jumped in with a brand new tenor who was their baritone originally. Yeah. Um, and their tenor originally is now their baritone, and <laughs> they just they just decided that that was great, and um, they they just came in and every round got better uh, than the one before. Mm. Uh, and showed off that they were 100% ready to win this contest this year. And the only thing that got in their way was Signature, you know. <laughs> mm, mm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it did seem that they were they felt kind of kind of energized but relaxed throwback about their lead-up. Um, Ash and I interviewed Sean only a, a month or two before uh, International, and he was, he was just feeling really good and just really yeah. looking forward to bringing to stage what they had. Excited, so yeah. then they just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they had just, an incredible showing at Midwinter, which was a few months into their formation. They yeah. had an absolutely amazing showing there, and and so they felt confident, and they had only gotten better since then. So it was pretty neat. Yeah. Jumping um, in, you know the. Go ahead. Rooftop, um, rooftop jumped in in the quarterfinals, and their set in the quarterfinals was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it, really, it just kind of blew my mind 
that the, how ready they were at, with with as far down as they had been, you know, in the 20 and kind of sitting and getting into the 10 last year, but kind of sitting there. And you saw that they posted a big prelim score, but until you see it in person, you just don't... <laughs> don't really get it, yeah. ...necessarily buy, like, is this really a completely new level? And it was... Yeah. A completely new level for all four singers, but particularly yeah, well, Dustin and Jackson. Yeah, they really just brought a whole new element to the game. That's awesome. Co-host, you've got to head off, have you? Yeah, mate? I've got to get to work because uh, go and take care yeah, of some business. I'm good at scheduling, um, but yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you guys can please continue without me. Um, I'm sure you'll do fine, Rich. I'm just lucky because it's it's very, very, very late in the evening over here, Ash. So nice. that's the only reason that I didn't have a conflict. Nice, excellent. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Ash. Uh, well, well done, mate. On on uh, Barber Cats, and we'll chat later on. Cool. Thank you. Yep. So Tony, um, it was yeah, it was an interesting uh, contest uh, with with a combination of people coming back. It, um, you know, it, it's it's it's. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Being a, a group like Signature, where uh, you know a lot of people expected them to win last year, and then so coming back this year, probably a lot of people, or maybe even more, expected them to win this year. As you say, with a new member, and um, they, they really did show a lot of a lot of composure. I thought on stage, they didn't. To me, over the webcast, they didn't show signs of of. Um, uh, sort of expectation or, 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 you know, it's theirs to lose. They just came and delivered. I don't know this 100% to be true, but I think they really came in with the idea that they were going to come and be Signature and right. entertain people the best way Signature could yeah. and work their butts off so that that product was in the running for the best yeah. thing there, yeah. but that they couldn't control who wins the contest. And yeah. I feel like they didn't, they tried maybe the year before to create a moment and a right. feeling um and they didn't this year i feel like they came in and sang to sing yeah and chips fall where they may yeah and it, it showed how relaxed they were composed they were like you said it's such a cliche but i'll just you know bang on about it for all of my days is is uh, you, you can't control what other people do and all you can do is is go on stage and and honor the music and celebrate with the audience and try to share something and and uh and and yeah what will be will be so anyway um, and might, uh, so quorum one back to quorum really quick you know when they sang happy sad in the semifinals it really changed kind of in my mind their trajectory in general um there was this kind of question mark of can they get to this level of artistry where it's just so incredibly compelling to everybody we knew that they're incredible singers right to the like to the nth degree mm. but can they make it so that we really care about them as people yeah. their music and when they sang Happy Sad, it was just so pristine vocally, but also completely emotionally connected. And it was a really special moment. And then they delivered on both songs in the finals the same way. And it was a really special thing to see. So if they can do that three more times next year, got it's it. going to be it, it's going to be hard to, to beat that. I mean, you, it's not that anybody couldn't, but it's yeah. going to take and uh, every year it just it, it you know as we would want it it continues to get exciting I, you know it was it was uh, i think throwback um qualified with sort of 91 or something so you know they really yeah. jumped up to that 93 i think that's you know very comfortably the highest score they've ever got and that's really you know and that that 93 94 is sort of the new champ um score you know it was was a bit less sort of mm -hmm. 10 years ago but um so they've really you know nailed their their, their ownership of that of that area of, of performance and scoring but um yep. So, uh, what's your what's your understanding of, of the, sort of the public knowledge of where um, uh, Lemon Squeezy is at? Are they 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 penciled in coming to LA next year, or is it all so still quite I'm, fluid? I'm I'm not in the inner workings of all that, but I can tell you that, you know, um, with a quartet like that, basically being in the United States the entire time, in the month and a half or so leading up to the contest, and three of the members of the quartet singing in zero eight. Yeah that was all there at the contest, you know, it makes me wonder uh, how much they care about the contest. Not, not that they don't care or they're flippant, but that they, um, that it might not be a priority for them because they're so incredibly good Yeah. and they're getting, getting work and getting shows and, and doing the kind of professional and barbershop work they want to do where they are. Yeah. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't want to compete at this level. Um, I don't, I don't know their motivation for that. And I don't know yeah. that it's even the whole quartet that feels that way, yeah. but it appears that um, 
it appears that they had the opportunity this year to come in and compete and be awesome and yeah. they just didn't um so yeah. i wonder i mean la is pretty easy to get to uh yeah. from a lot of international destinations so it's definitely possible they'll come next year yeah. um but it might be the same kinds of barriers they had this year when they were almost all here uh that keeps them away i just don't know who knows? Yeah, well, fingers crossed. But uh, I think. Amen. Uh, Let's bring them. Yeah. I hope well, I mean, goodness, you know, it really, it, you want every year to be like this. But um, mm-hmm. you know, throwback has found a new level. Quorum's found a new level. Um, and we haven't talked much, but you know, Rooftop Records. You, you mentioned uh, that you know they're only on the up, and you know, basically the sky's the limit. And then Lemon Squeezy, who you know, because they're so good, that despite having not been at international for at least two years, everyone's still champing at the bit from for them to come back. You know, some one of the cleanest singing quartets in, in modern history um, and, yep. and and some of their charts are just so compelling as well so that would be very cool um, yep. we've, spoke, we've spoken briefly about Rooftop Records so for those who may not be aware um, so Chase Guyton and Dustin Guyton um, brothers and brothers of um, uh, two, two, uh, their two brothers um, from Four Voices International Champs from 2002 um, yep. so that's um, a cool to, to keep it in the family or have some more brothers coming through um, and, uh, and Chase, is a, Chase is a professional voice teacher uh, and okay. uh, Dustin's wife is a professional voice teacher and they're just really in- inherently musical guys. Um, and Jackson is, has arranged most of their music cool. um, that they sing. And he arranged, I think, five out of the six that they did. Yeah. At That's cool. This year. Yep. That's excellent. And of course, so, there's Midtown. Yeah. Which is just yeah. Well, Midtown. Uh, so most people know KJ McAleese Jurgens uh, from mm-hmm. uh, Lunch Break, um, and uh, Nick Gordon, uh, former collegiate uh, champ Quartetta, and of course formerly from in in Corum. Um, yep. And Anthony is relatively new. I don't think he, many people know him, but just such a beautiful voice. What's his background? Well, so I mean, barbershop wise, he has been around for kind of a a while. Uh, he sang tenor and and lead in a couple of different quartets uh, over time in Southwestern and Central States. Uh, he's Mark Fortino's son. Um, and you'll remember Mark from Harmonium this year and, right. and many years past in a few yeah, different Yeah, I saw a but, few photos of them on social media, yep. Yeah, so Mark Mark's a great guy and, uh, and it's cool to see his son flourishing the way that he is. He is a Broadway actor and uh, singer and so his background is... He had that is, vibe about him, yeah. Yeah, that freedom. is that the, theater, theater and performance and character are his, are his bag and his, his vocal prowess is just pretty incredible. He, was, he really showed, showed off uh, in a good way at International this year. It was a pleasure to see a guy that free artistically standing on stage singing in a quartet that good around him um the the couple of different songs death of a bachelor is just all about him uh bringing a character um the same thing of uh if i ever say i'm over you it was really just all about him communicating to the audience and he really he really brought it uh christian the bass is um a dapper dan and he went to Western Michigan University, which is well known for its vocal jazz uh, instruction and is a phenomenal musician uh, professionally and outside of his quartet. So these guys all have professional background at, in some element of their lives. Um, but the amazing part about that is to make their schedules work so that they can be a barbershop quartet. Hmm. It's actually hard to be a barbershop quartet with any kind of professional performer because if you end up performing... Uh, it's at the same time as barbershop shows last time mm, I checked. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's it's hard the, to do. The perennial challenge. Yeah. I think Christian, he's a former um, collegiate quartet too, isn't he? Uh, certainly Correct. a medalist. I'm not sure if a champ. Yeah, so he's, he's... Yeah, so, yeah, he wasn't a champ, I don't think, but he was in Spanglish and uh, a few other uh, really, really great quartets. Clearly, an excellent base. So, yeah, Midtown. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think they created a lot of buzz. Uh, but you can see how and exciting for them, how, how thrilled they were to medal. Um, you know, KJ, of course, from, uh, you know, many years in lunch break and <laughs> and you know yeah. uh, doing doing that mic testing eleventh place, and then lunch break was over the moon to just just break the ten in their final year. So for KJ to actually uh, first year of Midtown to medal, it was he was obviously really excited. And um, yeah, very much. I mean, yeah, rooftop records in Midtown. Sort of anything can happen, can't it? Because they're so they're so you know early in their in their development yeah it's it's amazing that they were able to put something together that quickly that's that polished and artistic it Who was knows? yeah i mean so, it takes four incredible vocalists to do that 
certainly ones to watch. Um, obviously, uh, Newfangled 4, a bit of a perennial audience favourite, and as you're probably aware, they're um, either about to or currently touring Australia. I know they've got at least shows in Sydney and Perth, um, so they're, they're, um, they're, they're a lot of people are favourites. And um, would you consider them, would they consider themselves just straight down genuinely now a comedy or parody quartet? You know, I think it's interesting with Newfangled 4. You know, they... Um, obviously some of their songs are comedy but a lot of what they do is just novel in the sense that it's really different yeah. from every other barbershop quartet yeah. it's not even so much that it's all supposed to be really funny like here's the joke laugh at it yeah. it's genuinely their personalities kind of coming through and they're yeah. just kind of goofy dudes um, and because of that it, it really comes across as genuine and fun uh, their Rick Roll was incredible um, I think that it was an interesting audience to experience that Rickroll. My hope is that VHS markets the YouTube video so that it's uh, <laughs> a little bit cryptic in the title so that it can be used kind of the way I think it could be intended to be used, which would huh. be neat. Um, but um, they, when they sang from Avenue Q, I thought that was a really good fit for them. Yes. Because uh, the show, again, it's funny, but the point of it is not to just make you laugh the whole time. Well, it it's a, Avenue Q is a very confronting, very uh, just a, a highly uh, social commentary show. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So it was a pretty cool place for them to pull from. Uh, and I thought they sang just beautifully. Some of their singing, it was definitely the cleanest singing that they've ever done. And if they stick to their personality and their singing the same way that they're sticking to their personality in terms of the songs they're picking and that kind of stuff, Man, they the sky's the limit for them. They could easily be in the realm of the quartets that we were just discussing. Yeah, nice. Amazing yeah, they, singers. They have this last couple of years really established themselves um, uh, up, uh, up into the yeah, well into the ten and into the middle of the ten. Um, Newfangled four, four and Gimme four. Newfangled four and Gimme four. Yeah. And uh, a couple other quartets really made it so that you could hear okay. These quartets are coming in singing as clean as they possibly can. Yeah. And it and it made the audience really love what they were doing. Yeah, nice. Um, so six Newfangled Four with an eighty nine point seven, which is just so high. Um, category four <laughs> seventh with an eighty nine point seven. Uh, it's just all. It's sort of uh, you can't compare these scores to ten years ago. It's sort of it's it, everything's mm. just evolved. Um, you know, a bunch of champs. OC Times one with one with an eighty nine. So it's it's not really apples and apples. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, many people would know category four. Uh, two singing judges, two uh, music judges: Tim Reynolds, Tim Brooks, Clay Hine, and Kirk yep. Young. Um, and I see Clay did most of their arrangements, and Kirk did one as well. So keep it in the family. Yeah, for sure. And Enjoy the Ride was a really special moment. You know, I think that Category 4, in fairness or not, has gotten the reputation over time of having a difficult time emotionally connecting with the audience. And I would say that um, I would say that that's mostly unfair from my perspective. I think that they really have stayed pretty true to themselves, especially Tim Brooks. Um, but uh, Enjoy the Ride was particularly special and emotionally accessible in a way that I hadn't seen that configuration ever do before. And it was particularly moving for the audience. I really loved it. Um, Kirk Young all week was just sounding incredible. I mean, just an incredible voice, not mm. to mention arranging some of the great songs in our library, like Lullaby and um, Masterpieces, uh, Where Have You Been? And yeah, cool. a bunch of other things that just he's hit the hit home runs on i think he hit another one with enjoy the ride it's a special piece their first uh, round was pretty clean and it was probably their best core sound that they've ever had uh in that first round it was pretty amazing nice and a, a nice personal note for them you would have shared at uh at category school just a, a week or so ago with um uh, clay's daughter melody uh also being uh being uh invited accepted into and promoted to the full uh music judge so that's exciting to join her dad clay as a music judge a very a very special yeah, and family she's, moment and she's already i mean you'll see in the top 10 here pratt street power when they came out and sang a thousand things they showed up and showed, hey, we're really here to do this thing yeah, all the we're way. We're not just making up the, the numbers, beginning. yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Melody. Yeah. Melody arranged that, and it was they. They performed that to a T, the way that it should have been done. And if they clean that thing up, they're going to be in the running soon. Yeah, no, that is exciting. Is so, upward. 
former collegiate champ from maybe roughly four years ago, Pratt Street Power. Um, mm-hmm. it's good to see them still around. Uh, and uh, uh, if and you can believe to- it, they haven't they haven't won their district yet. <laughs> oh wow! Well, yeah, it just goes to show. Was it was it this year the um, Sunshine District with um, with Signature and um, so three weren't there from oh, here we go I'll be able to tell from up the top here um, signature sunshine yeah throwback sunshine and rooftop records all from the sunshine district so you got right. someone yep. singing a ninety point seven and coming third at district level <laughs> correct that's, that's exactly insane. right and and round mid, so the mid Atlantic district had that's my district you know had the fifth place group uh, the eighth place group and Pat Street the ninth Power, place round group. midnight yeah not so to round... mention give me four and studio four which were both rounding out the top 15 yeah so. wow yeah a bit a bit a bit in, uh, embarrassment of riches so uh, for sure press street power very um uh very strong uh, powerfully singing quartet with a very strong lead when um ed is the lead correct correct yeah when when i remember them winning the collegiate when ed came out and sang um the the song that um real time sang yeah crime river and and you know and it, i was kind of for a millisecond i thought oh this is sort of high risk but he just owned it and and had the vocal capacity to deliver i was just really impressed because that's yeah that's not a song that everyone can do but um from that so moment as you can on, probably tell as you can probably tell from that being their final set uh this year their collegiate set was their final set um they, yep. they did not plan on making the finals. Um, right. They, <laughs> wow. They did Good not have that in their sights. But honestly, when they sang Losing My Mind, they were right there in the running, right from the quarterfinals in. Um, uh, and then certainly. a thousand things happened, and they and they decided that they were going to stay there. So it was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, nice. Um, they, Crimea River, comfortably their highest senior score with a 90.4. Everything else was yep. around that 87, uh, 88, 89. So... Um, you know, way, way to pull out your strongest song for uh, for the finals. Um, around midnight, also a bit of a perennial audience favourite. Um, Wayne Grimmer on lead. Uh, Larry Bombach. He's is he? No, um, am I correct in thinking he hasn't been directing Voices of Gotham for a little while? So he directed Voices of Gotham when they started. He was their first director. Um, yeah. He moved to Philadelphia, and they found a new directorship for a bit. And um, Bill Stoffer just recently left. Uh, for a job opportunity, a family thing. And as a result, they were looking for a director, but um, ended up making an arrangement where Larry actually still lives in Philly, but is their main frontline director still. Um, they have a very robust music team there in Voices of Gotham and uh, and a, a really great barbershop culture too. A bunch of arrangers in the chorus. Most of their charts are done in-house. Um, and they're, they're a really cool chorus, but Larry is the kind of orchestrator of all of that. Yeah, we nice. sang together, Larry and I, in a in a college quartet back before, back in the day. No, I, I, I think yeah. he's great. I think his. Uh, I love Voices of Gotham. I I hope they continue to to excel. I love their sound. They've got that sort of smaller ensemble, younger age, just a really pure sound. I just it's just a pleasure to listen to. I visited them. I made a point of visiting them um, some years ago when I was in New York. So it was very cool. But Round Midnight, yeah. very much um, the, the 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 jazzy. I guess you could say non traditional barbershop sound. Um, and um, but I thought particularly, um, yeah, New York State of Mind. I think it was uh, the Billy Joel song. I thought they brought m- stronger barbershop skills to that than they have before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, New York State of Mind was was masterfully sung. Uh, it was uh, really really well done, especially by Wayne. But the quartet's comfortable. It's like a it's like an old shoe for them at this point. <laughs> yeah, they've they've just decided. That this is a barbershop <laughs> chestnut, um, and you know people people joke around about Red Midnight, but the reality is that they the reason that they're so sure that this isn't outside the barbershop umbrella is because they're just really smart musicians, and they know the harmony and they know what's in the chart, and they say, you know what, you can say what you want about how it feels, but on the paper, yeah. the way she would have said where, that's barbershop, and the they, they so they grew up um, in Ed Wayshie's chapter. Um, and so they know kind of where they came from. They, yeah, they've got a, a really distinct quartet identity, and, and, it, and it suits them. And, um, and they stuck uh, with it, and that was a good thing. Yeah. I see Wayne uh, arranged all their songs, so good on him. That's very cool. Um, yep. And rounding out the top ten, the core, just the perennial around that sort of top ten mark, just clean singing, just just consistently delivers. They're just a, just a solid quartet. 
I hear you on that, but I'd say they made a pretty huge jump this year just from a okay. practical perspective. Um, yep. The the when when I heard them in the first round, they're not pardon the pun, but their their core sound, their the sound that made the ensemble put together feel expanded and complete was different than it had been in the past. Um, got a little bit of the Steve Zanino relaxed, confident feel from Uptown Sound that we've uh, come to expect from that Steve and that we've grown into the core sound. Um, the tenor just crushing, uh, incredible. In the quarterfinals, that space really was conducive for them because right. that ensemble sound was their strength. It was so, it reverberated so much, it worked really well for them. And then when they sang Mr. Tanner, again, really on brand for them to do that kind of emotional, sort of theatrical thing. Um, and I think that one was particularly effective nice. uh, compared to years past. So the audience really responded well, particularly to Mr. Tanner. So if you get a you just want a quartet out, to, to be true one. to itself, to, um, to come and, and sing that. songs that, that suit them, to play their strengths uh, and, and, um, and think about uh, the music and, and the audience and just being present rather than, uh, you know, sort of trying too hard in inverted commas to create something and you know, just l let it flow i think there's a yeah there's a bunch of really core things here that we've touched on which well, is it excellent. makes you feel it makes you feel comfortable as an audience like these guys are fine with who they are like yeah. they don't want to be something that they're not they don't want to yeah. like reach up and get better to something that they can't do or aren't yes yeah no you've got to be got to be true to yourself uh mate uh, we, we'll need to wrap up in in just of a course. few minutes but um but uh, just uh Briefly, we sort of touched on it at the start, but it, um, <clears throat> it was a unique experience for you um, as you've now been a BHS judge for many years, but first time in the pit. So that obviously was just a, an overall, <clears throat> excuse me, overall, just very exciting and memorable experience. It's it's a pretty powerful one, frankly. Um, I'll share maybe the most, the most moving moment was uh, when the vocal majority was doing their swan song set. Um, the Their thought was to give a gift to all of the competitors like is traditional uh, for an international convention. When you go as a member, you um, and you're singing on stage, the champion from the year before gives some kind of token that says, nice. congratulations, glad you made it. It's a pretty cool tradition. Um, this year they gave a licensed copy of a piece of music that Jim Clancy arranged and uh, the entire room, including the vocal majority and the competitors in the audience sang it. Um, and we were just standing, a, a very small group of people standing right in the middle of that. So the vocal majority singing at the competitors, the yeah, competitors yeah. singing among other audience members to the vocal That's majority, and yeah. us just right in between it. Uh, it was emotionally really powerful, yeah, wow. uh, a special moment, and a good message in the song called Hymn to Freedom um, that was Oscar, an Oscar Peterson song um, and just talked a lot about humanity and the way we need to be together moving forward it was a yeah. really special moment among of course being freaked out that i have to put the right number in the box uh, <laughs> for 250 performances so. yeah exactly but i mean it, that this is one of the strengths of the judging program isn't it? it 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 i mean you yes you've got to focus in the moment but it it really partly comes down to muscle memory like because you've been trained for it and you've 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 been through it many times before you've it's 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 just the uh, it's why you rehearse for a performance like you've you've practiced it you've yep. got all the skills and you just reach into your toolbox box and you just trust trust your instincts yeah, I'd say I'd say three or four times out of the two hundred fifty, I looked down at my box and went, "Ugh," <laughs> and just didn't know what to write. It's um, kind of a fun then, challenge, though. But a majority of the time, a significant majority yeah, of the time, yeah. I, I showed up and the number wrote itself, and it was yeah. I moved on to the next one. Yeah, and for the listeners, that the reason that we have more than one judge overall and one judge, even one judge per category, is so that no individual judge's score can um, dominate the overall score. So it's it's a right. really really averaging out to try to be as fair as possible to the competitor, which I think is a is a, is a great great approach. Um, mate, uh, so just before my last question, uh, yeah, any um, any final sort of. Um, uh, either uh, uh, memories from from convention or, um, uh, or or you know things you're particularly looking forward to about LA in 2020. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I'm just really looking forward to the the direction of the society in terms of caring about how their media gets put out and is disseminated, so that like folks in Australia, for example, they're going to get the full experience even in just a few months um, of watching all these performances and getting to evaluate for themselves what they like and what they don't. 
um, it can be shared with students, educators. Uh, the fact that these performances are getting out there to the world is a huge benefit to barbershop and acapella in general. Um, so from that perspective, it was awesome. I'd say that as a convention, you know, the incredible quality of singing was only surpassed by that desire to make the audience feel something from almost every competitor. It showed out that no one was, no one was there to get the highest score they could get. Everybody was there to make an impression on the audience and to get it so that there was great music made in the moment. Uh, not to be super generic, but it really, it showed differently than previous conventions where you saw a lot of quartets trying to just increase their technique that much more to get that, that much higher of a score. Mm. You didn't see a lot of that this year. And as a result, there were lots of standing ovations, lots yeah, nice. and lots of them. Yeah. It was, it was actually fun. I, um, I, I, I didn't see it over the webcast, but I, I'm told that, um, that, uh, the Aussies, uh, uh, Barbacats, um, yeah. got a, got a standing ovation for, for, um, and, and they seem to get a great response to their couple of songs. They sang well and, and, and got some, some, some great laughs. So yeah, it's just, they the, sang really the well, but like you said, it was genuine. It was, it was, uh, like a, it fit right into the thing I was describing where they came yeah. out intending to entertain people and did yeah. exactly that. It was yeah. genuinely well received. People liked yeah. it a lot. And it wasn't just a pity, like, oh, they're from Australia. How nice. It was very much yeah. that they were fully entertained 100% of the way. They, they represented very, very well. Yeah, nice. And it's always nice for uh, to be a quartet where people, are, you know, at the, at the end of the session, people are walking out and talking about you for a particular reason. So uh, it's ni nice yeah. to leave that legacy. And just briefly, this is another entire podcast, but the, the current state of the proposed new, um, uh, I guess, direction and, and female yeah. participation, etc. That that was a few months ago, that was um, put out for comment to potentially be implemented in 2020 LA, yeah? Yeah, and, well, no, 2021 in Cleveland right, um, right. was what was proposed. And it was kind of one of those, here's what we're thinking, what do you think? And that window yeah. kept staying open. I think it officially right. just closed on the 28th, right. like this past week. Right. Um, it it got a lot of feedback uh, and I haven't, I'm not privy to those kinds of discussions, but sure, what sure. I do know, what I do know is that the people I've talked to in the society who are paying attention to this stuff genuinely are looking for the kind of feedback that's going to get their direction to be the one that is most suitable to the most people yeah. and the most supportive of the future of barbershop singing, yeah, including yeah. the people who have created it. I mean, we, yeah. it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, um, yes. And it's just trying to figure out how do we properly integrate what we know we're going to eventually go toward to what we're to what we're doing. It's a it's a very delicate situation. So I think it's going to take a long time for them to sort out that feedback. Mm. And the, the tough balance is you want to give certainty. You know, you want to make a decision, and so people know where they stand. But you clearly, don't want to make any sort of a knee-jerk reaction, or you want to, you know, thoroughly consider the ramifications. So, it just as you say, there's um, it's, it's fairly powerful and fairly heavy things to consider on on both sides. Yeah. Um, mate, but our, I'm our excited about the future. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, time time to oh, very much keen to uh, to follow that. Our time is up. So the the, the closing question is, um, as you would be aware, the, the uh, BHA national contest is only a matter of weeks away. It's roughly six weeks away. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what's what's your advice to competitors in this final six weeks, apart from looking after your health and going over your sheet music and stuff? What's what? How would you spend uh, your final six weeks leading up to comp competition? Well, first, I have to give a big shout out to the Blenders. Uh, I was at Harmony University over this past couple of weeks, and yep. um, Jono and the chorus were there, and they they just they really put a ton of energy and time into their music, uh, and it cool. was great to see them uh, representing Australia at Harmony University. First chorus from there ever. It was a pretty yep. beautiful thing to watch. Um, so yeah, shout out to them, and I hope that they do Excellent. really well. Um, yep. Of course. Uh, I think the advice is a little bit to stay. So we kept saying, stay true to yourself. That means both don't just kind of throw away all the technique that you've done. Um, don't be scared of, of, of uh, keeping yourself accountable about a vowel a week before contest. I think that's okay. Um, yep. Contest is a stop along the way and it's, nice. it's stay, stay real about your rehearsal. And when you're in rehearsal, stay focused and, 
but don't stress out and be like, oh my gosh, it's a week before yeah. contest. We have to do everything. Don't get in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. Just do the next thing and just yeah, keep nice. doing, right. Just keep oh, doing gold. the thing you'd normally do and yeah. then, uh, and then show up to contest and show what you're doing and yeah. high five the other competitors and have a really great time together. And hopefully and then the week that, after do the next thing. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. It'll make you feel a lot better about the next thing. If it doesn't feel like you failed at bringing the 17 things you tried to add in the last two weeks. Yeah. 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 Now that's a really good point. Be, be true to who you are and where you are in, yeah. in your unique journey. And, uh, and, 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 you know, remember all the five things that you're currently doing. Don't yeah. try to remember 17 of the five things you've been working on. Right. For most of us, for most of us at these contests, we show up and, and we've been doing these songs for a while. Right. So yep. we're comfortable with them and they're, they're not going to fall off the tracks. Like they're not going to, yeah. it's not going to stop in the middle. Like let's yeah. just do our thing and be yeah. us. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good on you. Well, um, a collegiate quartet champ, um, a BHS <laughs> judge, um, open uh, quartet top tenor, um, chorus legend, overall good bloke, uh, Tony Colosimo, mate. Thank you for your time <laughs> and uh, thank you for your advice uh, to Australian barbershoppers. And, uh, and we'll talk again soon. All the best to of you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, BHA. Talk to you soon.